When the stars go dark to... Darker. Darker stars. Darker stars. Two dark, two stars. <laughs> when the stars go dark, three... Attack of the Clones. Sam, Tokyo Drift. <laughs> <laughs> when the stars go dark to... Z. An S. Oh, dude. When the stars go dark, z, the last S in stars is a two. Wait. Wait. Before you say anything, I need complete silence for this because it's really good. Featuring Cricket, Clear the when air. the stars go bark. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh my god. That's so good. When the stars go bark as the sequel. Paula. <laughs> Hey everyone, and welcome to Bookends with Friends. This is your co-host, Parker Moon. I'm a puffin' on Parker sweatshirt, Brett Irvin. Bark, bark, I'm Cricket, Daniel Phillips. And this You're... is a weekly book club podcast where we go over one book a month. Uh, this week's, this month's book, book was When the Stars Go Dark by Paul McLean. And you're a good dog because you're not the killer, <laughs> I am like Detective dog. Dan said. Bark, bark, Cricket's good. Don't invite Detective Dan back. Sorry, continue. Well, I mean, that's it. We're a book club podcast. Y'all know the drill. I I hope so. If you are listening by now, this is the fourth part of When the Stars Go Dark, the final part of the book uh, before we start our next book. Uh, So we hope you've uh, made your way through the entire book and pat yourself on the back if you read another book with us. Yay! Yay. Or go in reverse and have some fun. (laughs) Or go in reverse and it'll be a wild ride if you listened backwards. You would realize how bad at um, being detectives we are. You never know. I don't think that That's bad. what I realized. In retrospect, All I'm right. a pretty good detective. Before we before we get into the book, and before we talk about how Brett's the best detective out of the three of us, yes. let's get into short stories. Daniel, hey, hit us with your short story. I always go first. Do you want me to go first? All right, boys. Don't you hate when you're in detention, and then <laughs> are you like pitching a Shark Tank? All right, boys. To me? Don't you hate when you're in detention and you find out your hot boyfriend gets stolen? Wow, so do I. That's why I'm here to introduce River City Girls. What? (laughs) River City Girls is... I don't think I want this on our podcast. River City Girls is a new indie game that I started playing this week. Okay. And it is a manga, anime, art-styled game okay. where you and your best friend are just in detention and you find out your boyfriends were kidnapped and so you break out of detention by beating up all of the other students to go oh, save them this is great i yeah. have to beat up the other students because the principal comes over the intercom and he says something like free ice cream for anyone who doesn't let these two escape oh, and all the students gosh. like turn on you Man, oh, the students cream. are really easy to and buy the, the final boss of the first like chapter is the the security guard and she's like this super beefed up woman that will just choke slam you if she catches you. Nice. That sounds wonderful. It's a really hard game and really fun. Um, but the main point of of that is uh, it has the best opening of any video game I have ever seen. It's like an anime style like theme song nice. in the main menu. And it's very good. Oh, that's cool. And so that's literally all I have. Go play. Yeah. Go, go check out River. That was, that was, that was great. River, River City Girls. River oh, Street? What's it called? <laughs> I yeah, think it's go, River City Girls. One of those things. Just Google it. Just, it Google you'll, it. you'll figure it out. Just type in, want to rescue boyfriend from detention or something like that. Yeah, yes. the ice cream if I get stopped. River City Girls, a beat-em-up 
video game developed by WayForward. Check oh, it out. Nice. Hey, that's a... If you can tell by uh, my short story, I didn't do a whole lot this week. <laughs> hey, you saved did your, you say did you save your boyfriend? Yeah, I was about to say. You no, your boy, oh, no. it's it's hard. It's like a it's like actually kind of a hard game. So oh. you, okay, I so haven't you, saved him yet. All right, well, you need to check back in with us when you save. I you want to make yeah. sure those boyfriends get home safe. Yeah, mm-hmm. I got you. Who kidnapped them? I yeah. don't know. Yeah, is it the principal? Oh, it's, oh. I bet the it main, was the principal. The main characters' names are are uh, Masako and Kyoko. Oh, okay. I'm guessing based on the principal's reaction that it was the principal or someone the principal works for. Hmm. Well, you are a pretty good investigator. I'm a pretty good investigator. Det- don't worry, Detective We'll get Dan's, to that later. Detective Dan's on the case. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, He's going to find him. I'm really worried. <laughs> That's my way. What'd you, what'd you I did week? love... Okay, we'll get into all that later. This week, I'm going to start a segment every once in a while where I, uh, for my short story, where I... Give uh, recommendations from my dad as far as book reading. My dad reads a lot of books. Oh, cool. And so this one isn't – he. we talked about it previously like around Christmas time. But um, this is a book that he let me borrow that I think he got from my brother. Have you so, read it yet? I haven't read it yet. Is it history? No. It's about cyber stuff. Mm-hmm. Tech. It's nonfiction. Is it an Iron Man comic? Maybe. (laughs) I wish. That'd be so cool. I don't know how to read Um, nonfiction. This techie book is Sandworm. And it's called that because... So it's written by a guy named Andy Greenberg. He is a senior writer for Wired Magazine. He's written a couple other books, I believe. This one's called Sandworm because it's about the cyber attacks that happened in, I believe, 2014-ish. There's this Russian hacking group that's called, they end up calling them Sandworm because they, they're the kind of group that hacks into like utilities and stuff like that and mm-hmm. can like shut down like governments, like a really yeah. dangerous group. But they're called Sandworm because these, the people that kind of figured out their, the malware that they were using yeah. realized that the like base code for it had all like all the base codes had like code names. Mm-hmm. And the ones that they were finding on, and that's how they attributed it to these groups because it was their like calling card. Yeah. It was the first one they noticed was called, and I haven't read this book. So, and I know you two have. It's the first one was called Arrakis. Yeah. yeah. Which is the name of the planet in Dune. Yeah. And so then they had, um, I believe they had one called, uh, named after Harkonnen and Atreides. 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 Yeah, Paul Atreides. Yeah, Paul Atreides. So, Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oscar <laughs> Isaac. Oh, yeah. Wow, yeah, it's they, crazy. They predicted it. They yeah. knew all those yeah. years ago. But yeah, so they cool. they named a lot. Like, that was their calling card. It was their source code was named after. They were like big Dune Frank characters. Herbert fans. Yeah, so, it was named be. after, like, Dune characters and stuff. So, that's how they would attribute stuff. That's how they kind of track down what these this hacking group did. Yeah. And that's why they're called Codename Sandworm. Also, they is because the, every Friday they, they have a beach day and they all love the beach. Is that a dune? No, that's what the, that's what oh, the hackers the sand. do. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> they really shut down their hacking to go play volleyball <laughs> yeah. in Russia. Yeah, big, big sand fans. I wish I was a part of a cool hacking group that had fun code names. What would your codename be? Yeah, what, what would, would my codename code be? be about? I would do Kids it. Next Door? No, I would do all references to my short story 
which is House in the Cerulean hey, Sea. I love that transition. Yeah, right? It was pretty good. Nice. Um, yeah, I finished House in the Cerulean Sea, and that might be uh, my favorite book. Huh? All time? No, not all time, I wouldn't say, but it, it's, it might be the best book I read this year. Like, oh, nice. I know it's early in the year, and that's like a big thing to say. Called shot. But I, and this is obviously subjective and just for me, but I just really, really, really adored it. It was charming. From start to finish, a little synopsis of it is it's about uh, Linus Baker, who's um, he works for uh, Dicomy, which they know. Oh, okay. um, so I'm a good detective, so it's an educated guess. It's bad. Okay. Um, <laughs> they he, he works for a company that basically monitors and controls the magical population and Ooh. magical youth in particular. Interesting. And In so a he, bad way? So he goes to orphanages, basically, oh, okay. and decides if they're, oh, like, okay. treating them right and should be shut down oh, okay. or if they should be... So he's, like, a good guy. Yes. And he goes to this one orphanage um, that they send, like, his his bosses sent him on, like, this top secret case. And uh, there is a wide cast of characters of these kids that are all, like, very special types of monsters uh and and it is about him changing and learning to uh open up and love and actually live life and uh it, it's just beautiful like everything about it i enjoyed it so much i can't recommend it enough nice uh it's i have it on my list to read yeah it's great it's a good read i highly 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 recommend it do you think it's a bad thing probably 30 to 40 percent of my personality was based off of cheese from foster's home from imaginary friend. yes and that so that's a good but oh, yes it's oh, okay it's good that's what i'd say um but this book did give me big uh foster's home for imaginary friends vibes like if, yeah. if you liked that show or if you know that show at all it's a good show it is and, and it's similar it's kind of you know instead of imaginary friends though the orphanage is is filled with monsters and that's great nice it's it very, sounds good. It's very lovely. I. It sounds like a perfect book for you. Yeah, it is, and yeah. it, and it's so like it I like you would really like this book. Well, and I was talking to my wife about it, and and Maddie read it first, and she also loved it, but she, you know, said that like she almost wanted a little bit more from it. Yeah. There, I what I would say is it's not this like big like climactic, right. you know, uh, if you're looking for like high fantasy and like monsters or like big like fight scenes or anything you're not going to get that but you're going to get the most like warm loving story yeah. and i i needed wholesome. that yeah it's nice, it's a book. good wholesome book it's a good book nice. for and who's here who's that by again tj clune and i really want to read all of his books because i just like him as an author from nice. that book so i'm gonna go read his backlog wonderful okay. yep good that's it for stories. me you ding dongs want to recap Let's recap. Want to hear nah, a recap? Not today. Yeah, can you not call me a ding dong? You loving. You, no, you can call me a ding dong. Just you, I don't. You recap. loving lads want to recap? That was worse. I go back to ding dong. Yeah, go back you to ding hot dongs. pieces of meat. <laughs> you no. want to recap? <laughs> it's getting worse and worse. Am I going in the good direction or no, the bad direction? Ding dong was best. <laughs> yes. right. Stick to ding dong. Stick to ding dong. All right, listen up, ding dongs. Here comes a recap of part oh, four. Hurts again. <laughs> when stars go dark. So uh, the Cameron Curtis Research Center is up and running. Hector, um, Cameron's Sounds brother. like something she donated to. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what they called it. It uh, probably I is. I think, I've, maybe not. Yeah. Um, Hector shows up to uh, kind of help, and they notice a photo of Cameron um, that we find out later was taken by Gray. And it's at uh, Krumholtz Grove, which is um, the place that Anna was hiking 
way yes. earlier in the book. Yep. Like, like way earlier. Um, so Anna goes to Gray to kind of discuss the photo. He kind of just talks about like Cameron and Gray are from a small town and they like dream of kind of bigger things. And so he kind of leans into like this modeling type dream that Cameron kind of hinted at. And um, she, Anna kind of digs into that a little bit more later. Uh, we get another flashback, the last flashback, I believe, with Hap. Um, we find out that Hap drops Anna off at college, and then he just kind of goes missing in the woods. Well, this is, yeah, post-Eden's death yeah, from cancer. It, right. it's, yeah, yeah, it's after Eden's death, so it's just Hap. He drops, he's by himself because Anna's gone to college. His uh, backpack is found by the trail, and uh, Hap is never there. I wrote my notes, I was like, is Hap living in the woods still? Well, at the very end, they kind of like, she started to say, where is Hap? And I was like, oh my God, is he alive? Yeah. I was, I'm so on my notes, I was like, is Hap the ranger type that they're looking for? I was like, surely not, but that's the <laughs> that last flashback. That would be a terrible and Yeah, I, I was, a, I was, was ready to be very angry. Yeah. Uh, but that's not what happens. So Anna has a conversation with Emily about Cameron, uh, really digs deep, really pushes Emily a little bit on like her sexual abuse as a kid and kind of like where this could have come from. Um, and you get a little hindsight on their family vacations in Malibu, how like their family would come and stay with them. And it kind of had to happen mm-hmm. some point during that time. Mm-hmm. And then the, we, we really pick it up with part four. Anna goes back downtown. She's looking at the the town bulletin. Um, She says just out of habit, um, which is kind of lucky for her. She sees Cameron's photo and the photo of Shannon with her jacket. And then she sees a um, notice for artist models wanted. And there's a number uh, on the notice. It's like there's two pull tabs. There's little pull tabs. Yep. And a little taken and big red flag there based off of the chapter we just read with her and Cameron. And so she kind of phone traces this number to an art studio that's just a few blocks away. She goes to the studio. It's abandoned. Um, the The owner of the studio lets her in, and they find Jack Ford's paintings, um, which in my brain is like red flag. Right. Maybe we should be onto something here. Yeah, uh, yeah. We're not quite there yet for some reason. <laughs> Um, yeah. So then she goes to Caleb's to help identify the paintings, and yeah. I wrote bad idea yeah. because still, <laughs> obviously we're still not we're yeah. still not picking up a little bit. And oh bada bing, bada boom, like a spotlight. Detective it was Brett, a tired day. <laughs> creepy Caleb Anna. comes in hot uh, this yeah. chapter. So Anna goes to Caleb's. She pretty much catches him red-handed painting. Um, what she then finds out is like a woman. Yeah. She notices a photo that is the sh- kind of like run the, down shelter near. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the, na- it's the, um, the, it's the indigenous. Yes. Yes. Um, um, shelter. So she sees a picture of that. She's like, oh, that looks kind of familiar. Caleb is being really creepy and like moving his big Caleb body in front of the painting. So she doesn't see it. Um, he's acting like, pretty casual about everything he agrees to like go with her somewhere um and then he gets in his truck and basically runs away well he he says to her don't follow me me. i'll kill her right so so then it's revealed that caleb exactly and so like um i i can't remember they were he agreed to like go with her somewhere right like back to the studio yeah he said i'm gonna grab my wallet yeah and And so because she was he was trying to get her to like 
and like, like she go knows. back without him. She knows yeah, exactly at, she knew. at this point. But yeah. then Caleb gets in his truck, drives away, and says, "You know, if you follow me, I'll kill her." Um, which is obviously big. Cameron is still alive. Um, so they rally the search party. They go to that shelter. Anna still remembers where it is. Uh, they get there. It's destroyed. Cameron and Caleb are not there. And then Anna and Will split up. And it's raining. Classic, like, murder scene. Anna right. has one of those classic pratfalls. Where I, <laughs> I wrote, I wrote, chapter 64, Anna Hot Rod style falls down into the valley of the forest. Um, oh, man. Now I'm just like a five-minute scene uh, uh, where yeah. she's slowly, like, oh, God. flipping down the hill. And then it says, like, she, like... Gets her bearings, her hands are cut, and then she like trips over a root. She falls like, again. <laughs> yeah. So Anna falls a lot, and then she stumbles. She finds Cameron, like in the valley of that forest. Yeah. Um, Cameron is by herself. Caleb is not there. Hector shows up, and then they carry Cameron out back to like the clearing. Yes. Um, so they have successfully rescued. They've rescued Cameron. Yeah, yeah. That they was weird. Her... Sorry. Go ahead. No. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, continue. I, that was for discussion. Cool. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, they take Cameron to the hospital. Obviously, she's super, super shaken up. She can't really answer any of Anna's questions because Anna's kind of looking for answers because Caleb's, Caleb's still on the loose. Yeah. Caleb um, is loosey-goosey right now in this book. And then we get Cameron's perspective of the whole story of how Caleb manipulated her. He was pretty like non-threatening at first meeting in public Very spaces right. like really gaining her trust she did admit to like sneaking out disabling the alarm multiple times i think um and going to see caleb and then there was just like a big turning point one day where he turns on her and actually kidnaps her um kind of after gaining a lot of trust it seems yeah so caleb sucks we skip forward a little bit after some things are resolved caleb is still missing right so caleb caleb's missing and they're trying to counsel cameron yes who's obviously gone through this like yeah very bad trauma i, I think that i can't remember the was that like november no no it was like october, october. 14th yeah. yeah and then we skipped to weeks. halloween yeah so it's halloween anna's downtown she's talking to wendy which is I, I like that conversation a lot wendy says something about like it's brave to be out. It's brave to be out. Like, like you can't take this from us. Yeah, yeah. and then Anna's like, well, <laughs> news for you, Wendy. Like, you probably could if you wanted to. Anna is just really uncomfortable being yeah. out. Um, so she goes back to her cabin, flips on the light. What do you know? Creepy Caleb's inside her cabin. Um, they really start discussing Ginny. Anna's kind of like de-escalating yeah like knowing the threat right. caleb has a bail like bowie knife yeah he's in between her and the bedroom where anna keeps her gun under the mattress so she's trying to like buy time de-escalate the situation she gets like kind she, of prodding him about jenny she gets mom. him villain monologuing yeah, yeah. she wants to yes. she gets him doing that classic villain thing where they got to explain their story and explain their motives um, where they admit that they killed their sister yeah right? and then we we get the thing that caleb kills jenny um hides the body jealous. gets some gets some like life like ooh, this is this is life he killing found people his passion his passion creep caleb and then he lunges at anna cricket saves the day Trips Caleb up. She gets past him. Yeah, love Cricket. Uh, he stabs get, Cricket. Yeah. He stabs Cricket, not fatally, uh, but they get in a little tussle in the bedroom, which would be very different than it's in Beach Read. Bada bing. Um, they get in a little tussle <laughs> in the bedroom. 
And Anna oh, ends up boy. getting the gun and pops Caleb uh, three, three times, times, three times in the chest, and then she leaves. I thought he wasn't going to be dead, if I'm being honest, because she's scream a style. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I think it's November fourth. Uh, four or five days has passed. We found out Anna has been staying with Tally. Um, Caleb's gone. Uh, he he is dead. He didn't escape like I thought he was going to. Uh, she's staying with Tally. Um, we get Cricket's finally okay. Cricket's okay. Yeah, Cricket is upset to be woken up by Anna. Um, we finally get the the final mystery kind of of the book of what happened to right. Anna's finally, daughter. yes. Um, super sad. So basically, yes. It we we knew that Anna was really consumed by her work, but the mystery to it is that. Um, she puts her daughter, Sarah, who's like two and a half, mm-hmm. I believe, in a car seat. She goes inside, takes a phone call, and is like watching the car. I think she said she even like left the door open so she could see Sarah better. Yeah. Sarah, kind of unknowing to Anna, she doesn't even know Sarah can do this, but she gets out of her car seat by herself and then gets hit by their neighbor. Yeah, like walks into the, the yeah, walks into their neighbor's driveway um, and gets so that, her neighbor. Yeah. That is what shatters uh, Brendan and Anna's relationship. But basically, Tally convinces her, like, it's time to leave Mendocino and, like, deal with this. Right. Forgive like, yourself. Forgive right. yourself yeah. and, and go talk to Brenda. Which, the, I mean, the whole time Anna had been dealing with trauma and running from something. Yeah. And it was never fully explained. Right. It was, like, that thing right. that, like, was always mentioned in passing. And, like, they gave you just enough to know, like, her marriage was failing, her, yeah. like, life was in shambles. But, like... And even even we knew that her daughter had died, yes. but like we never knew the full story. So that yeah. Um, and then the last last two chapters to kind of just wrap up. Anna says her goodbyes to kind of everyone in Mendocino and also kind of Mendocino itself because mm-hmm. that's her memories of having Eden. And then um, she promises Will that she's gonna you know come back to check in on Cameron. She she really like bonds with Cameron. Really looks after her, obviously. Uh, she gives quick little I love you to Will, and then her and Cricket set off. Um, they're into they're the sequel. Quite ready for another adventure. Into the sequel when into the stars the go dark too. When the stars go dark. When the, I said it wrong. When the stars go bark. When the stars <laughs> when the star go dark. goes darks. Ooh. So that's 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 when the stars go dark by Paul McLean. That yeah. is when the stars go dark. In a recap nutshell. That was good. Thanks. Yeah, well, let's let's move into the discussion phase because I want to know y'all's thoughts. I, I really want to know everything y'all had to think about section four and let's get into the meat of it. What do we think about the reveal of Caleb being the murderer? Brett, I'll let you have the floor first. I mean, just I, I first, like, I, I'd like to thank my parents. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, just for giving me this uh-huh. ability to have a brain. Yeah, just detect things really well. Like Discernment. Better, yeah. Yeah, just, like, just wisdom. Yeah, just the wisdom to see through Caleb's... And our ignorance. And your ignorance. Yeah. No offense to you guys. You didn't know that you're wrong. To be fair, we all agreed Caleb was also, by far the creepiest. Right. I, I wanted. I will say I I wanted the will thing to be true because so I bad. thought that was such a cool. So bad. That would have been a really cool so, twist. So but I do love that I was right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and it I mean, was Caleb. Fair. Yeah, because well, it, it was Caleb. So, so that's that's what I want to talk to you all about. The I mean, we we essentially from I mean we we labeled him creepy Caleb in part one of our yeah. our podcast we, series we, for this book. We called. 
I called Jenny. the Jenny thing. Yeah. yeah. So give me. So what are y'all's thoughts on it? Are y'all disappointed? Do y'all wish there was more mystery? Do y'all wish that like, uh, like I, like I was just saying, I feel like you right. know, fan theories can always be like super high. We pulled a one division level yeah. Mephisto. We were seeing right. we were seeing Will as this like monster, and he right. was perfectly innocent. And it was just Will being Oops. Will. <laughs> so, but. You know, it it was it was a full story. Caleb was you know a good villain. I would have liked it would have been so cool for the Will thing to be the reveal, or at least I think my favorite thing would have been if like Will and Caleb were working together somehow, mm-hmm. and they were both had gotten like weird about it. Yeah, there were some cool things that even at the end I was like, oh, that's I didn't even notice that at the end, clues hidden within stuff about yeah. it being Caleb, like the fact that. Um, Shannon, is that the other girl? It's, yeah. Her mom was talking about how she had all these fancy clothes. Right. And so she's like, I don't know what kind of friends she had, but they bought her some really nice clothes. Well, Caleb's rich because of his, right. he sold his dad's uh, paintings. Yeah. So it's kind of like, you could tell like, that was like a little bit of a clue. It's like, who would have the money to do that? Because we immediately were like, thought about like, you know, is it Drew? Is right. it Troy in some way? But Caleb's like. And I don't know, we may have mentioned that in the, in that episode, but Caleb's, like, Very rich. Yeah. Right. So he could have afforded it. He's mm-hmm. also only been here for... The year. Like, the year yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it'd be interesting to see, like, what other stuff he's connected to has, you know, what could he have done elsewhere? Right. Right. Like, what terror could he have caused? No, I, I mean, I think it was a satisfying ending. It's... Caleb was the obvious choice, but I right. definitely assume if I read the book again, there's hints. Yeah. Even there's some like, like cool hidden hints. Easter egg. Well, yeah. and, and that, that's what I want to talk about. Cause I feel like, you know, I feel like reading it, I, what there was, I kept also waiting for this, like this second reveal. Yeah. This, where I was like, this, like, oh, big mystery. Like Will turns on her. Did you think like that. that the second reveal was when Cricket was really cordial with Caleb? <laughs> Like I did, cricket. I was like, I was like, is cricket Caleb's dog? No, I, I thought that. Dan, I had that thought. I had that thought. I was like, I was like, he was like, and he touches, he touches cricket on the neck, and she's like. Because of familiarity. And I was like, did she just realize that it used to be Caleb's dog? (laughs) And I was like, oh, no, he's just been around Caleb, I guess. But I was like, that would have been nuts if the whole time it was like (laughs) Caleb's dog. Caleb used a spy dog. I'm on to you, Cricket. Well, even not even the fact that like it's like she had this companion and then all of a sudden it's like the dog actually belongs to the killer and is like loyal to the killer in like a dog kind of way. It would have been like, whoa. Yeah. But yeah, my, my my takeaway on the Caleb thing is that it felt the most it felt the most real, it felt the most uh, linear in the sense yeah. that there was no like big twist. Right. I <laughs> I am a little questioning uh, both Will and Anna's skills to as detect. A, as detect- right. I like, already said Will's a bad cop, <laughs> but I, like also Will is not a good cop. And it, it, it didn't really he's like, a good guy dawn on me until like how did well, you is he a good guy? He's a drunk. He's fine. Sorry, he's fine. But like it, it like it, she even mentioned it herself. Like, how did I miss this? Yeah. But also, like, how did you miss this? Because he came in town, was in town during both of the suspected murders. Like, he had all the motive. He had, and I guess subjectively we can say that we're outside of the story. We're outside yeah. of the picture. Oh yeah, yeah. But to me, it seemed like he ought to have been on the suspect list on the to radar. begin with. And I think I think because of their childhood connection, that they right. were blinded by it. Right. And she um, kind of mentioned that briefly. She was like, 
And it was like, how did I not see? But like, this? especially with the right. paintings, when they found the yeah. paintings, I would have been like, she was like, oh, oh someone must have stolen this painting. <laughs> right. It's it like, was almost like she was going out of it's the like, way. Come on. Right. It's like, okay, like you. Caleb, do you know anything about these? Right. It's like you found the smoking gun, and you were just like, that's weird. Someone <laughs> must have put the gun in Caleb's hands. I like, feel like it's like a scary movie or something like yeah. that. One of those like like a comedic like, huh? I guess. I guess someone must have taken it from me. And you're like, what? No. Caleb what? keeps trying to like stab her in the studio. Yeah, he's like she sneaking keeps up behind her. Around, <laughs> yeah. And like he misses and yeah. like stumbles into something. Yeah. No, I think like it was. Uh, Brothers I like that Caleb was not a main character because I like that the killer is not some random person we've never seen. But That's also, what, Caleb is missing for be... literally 85% of his book. Yeah. Like he's barely in this book. Yeah. Um, so it makes sense that he's like yeah. just. Like, doing whatever he wants this whole time because no one's keeping tabs on Caleb. Yeah. Right. And it's just like, and again, I think it's just the, the easy way to explain it is they're blinded by their friendship with him. Yeah. And his childhood trauma, even though I feel, and again, I think it's a childhood thing, but Annie even talks about, she's like, it makes sense that like, you know, you shouldn't assume that right. that kind of trauma would twist somebody like that. But she says, right. it makes sense that it's possible that that kind of trauma, and then you're like, Again, you find out later he's the one that did it to Jenny. So right. it was the childhood trauma of his mom leaving and his dad being abusive. Right. That he was mad like at his, his sister his for leaving. Started him. with right. him killing Jenny. Right. It was that long ago. Right. right. Exactly. And then he found his. You know they they basically describe it as his passion. Like he it like awakens something in him. Yeah. And he's. Um. So let's talk about. I mean that that leads us into you know a a, a good segue of would y'all have changed anything it, do you think or, or would you have liked it better you know not to, not to say we want to change paula mcclain's works or anything but yeah like would, not at all would, you know, but i, I think... would make cricket a cat <laughs> all right that's that's, a, that's fair um i would change like i kind of wish the reveal of caleb was a little bit earlier yeah um mm-hmm. because i think or like it her would've... suspicion of him earlier, yeah maybe. i wish that, like he would have been a suspect but I think if the reveal was earlier, it would make Anna seem like she just didn't blindly miss. Right. Like, like obviously, that's the point. Like, she trusted Caleb because yeah. of her childhood. When Will and Anna were sitting there, like, okay, does this mean Caleb has some kind of connection? Because there's, like, no way. How Why would he leave these here? How yeah. do these end up here? Are these new? You kind of get the sense that she's starting to be, like, Okay, something mm-hmm. something's yeah. up with Caleb, but I also agree that I think it would have been more interesting if, again, I love I love Paul McLean's work, right? But it would have been interesting, you know, in a retrospective way. I can say this: it like her figuring it out, or like sooner, as soon as she sees the paintings, or maybe she mentioned something early on about the way that he spoke because yeah. he was really weird every time she. Or talked if it to didn't her. take Caleb threatening her for her to be like, "Oh, it's Caleb." Wait a second, yeah. <laughs> Well, the part where she just like he he she's just standing there and the and she's like, that's weird. And then he like drives by her and he's like, ha ha, it was me. And then drives away and she's like, ah. But I was just like, I was kind of like. Also, Drew gets away pretty scot free in this book for being huh? like a turd. Yeah. Well, he just they, gets away. They mention at the end they think it could be the dad that was the yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. But that's still, what I mean. Drew gets away. Yeah, Drew's just still he's still an asshole. <laughs> it was like um. And it was like, how'd that uh, 
polygraph test with Drew going, well, it was like, oh, kind of bad. And like, dang. And then they just move on. Yeah, they just let so, it go. <laughs> my thought there was that, like, it... He's just a turd, like Troy? Well, no, it just lends credence to the fact of, like, how difficult their jobs are and yeah. the fact that, like... Oh, yeah, they have they, to deal well, with it. Also, like, without proof uh you know you can't, you can't do anything right, right so i mean drew very well yeah. could have also been a done other stuff in his right life. also it's problematic. like the 90s right yeah so which yeah they just have the internet so it's like they're they're working with a lot less as right. far as yeah um i thought the pacing was interesting the choice to have cameron rescued and then I settle was, everything that with, was really interesting i agree because uh, I, I kind of expected it, it to coming. um you know happen all at once like her, her right Trying to like stop Caleb, like and he's save he's her. holding on to Cameron, or like right. he's with Cameron, or whatever. Right, and or so his accomplice Hector is with Cameron, which I also thought was going to happen because I was like, "Why are you here?" And then he was just following. Yeah, know? but yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was, like I, I thought it was good. I don't think I would have really changed anything outside, but the the pacing did, uh, you know, throw me through a loop a little bit because I thought it was all going to come together and then like, you know, be this big you know, not final battle, but, you know, this this struggle yeah. for, like, can she save uh, Cameron's life before, you know, Caleb can can get to her or, or stop yeah. her? And, and, and I don't know. I, I just, I mean, it was it was really well done. I loved the ending. Yeah. So, Cameron was saved. Caleb is dead. It's a satisfying ending. I thought, um, like, like you just mentioned, it was the, the Hector entrance. I was like, wait a second. Yeah. Which I think that almost feels like it was like a... Like you want you I we all did want some sort of like closure to Hector's story. And that's why he shows up at the end yeah. to like and Anna's like, you know, you should share your story but on Cameron's time when she's ready. Yeah. To find out that you're like brother and sister. Yeah. But it was an interesting, like, sweet moment. And that that was like a really sweet part of the book. Like I think maybe you it was a little like weird for him to just show up. Yeah. And they, they do explain like why he did show up. Yeah. Once he's there, it is really like really cool and sweet. Yeah, because she, Anna's she describing about, how right, how more beautiful, how much more beautiful it is that, that he was the one to rescue her. Right, and then she doesn't know that right. that's her brother, like right. holding her and carrying her out right. of danger, and so that which is really beautiful. So yeah. I think that was great. But it, I was just like, Hector, what are you doing here? Because before I was mad at Will for right. being like, oh, we should still polygraph. I'm like, what are you? Well, what are you talking? And then he shows up, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, you should have polygraphed him." So I forgot. I forgot one thing. This is my my whole thing about like, it, would y'all change anything? This isn't so much change, and I might have missed it completely. But the, did they ever explain how Caleb was so good at preventing forest fires? He was a he was in the military. I think that, that oh, I was going to mention that. Okay, I that, think that's yes, how that is we. Correct. He mentions at the beginning that he went to the military and he was in the Persian Gulf. He was in the Navy though. So I don't so he's really good know. With water. <laughs> so he's good with water. Which it's like, but I think you're supposed to assume that his military. Right, his training. You kind of assume that he's good at. I mean, he built that whole indigenous structure. Yeah. yeah. So you kind of also assume that he's somewhere along the way he became. Yeah. A possibly because of his military training. Right. He was. That, he became somewhat of, of a woodsman. That makes a lot of sense. I was waiting for something because right. I mean the whole time the reason. You're like, Wait a second. What. The reason I kind of wrote him off is because I was thinking he was this kind of like weird, you know, shut-in guy, yeah. right? Which He's just like, like an artist who like right. I thought he had was a the traumatic childhood, right? Yeah. But yeah, okay. That, so that makes sense. He was in the military. Okay, I think cool. it would almost be funnier if um, it was very very obvious that Caleb was the killer from right off the bat. Like, like Anna, when Anna first shows up, he's like. He's like he practicing like a, fire, like putting out a fire. He in his has backyard. like a box of matches and a gallon of gas, and then he's like, 
hey. I'm just and practicing just putting inside. out fires in my backyard. Don't mind me. And they never address it until the end. <laughs> I want to be a forest I think I would like it more. <laughs> well, it's not, it's not a comedy. It's not supposed to be funny. I'm pretty sure everything is. Um, uh, yeah. Well, so what, what did y'all what did y'all take away? What, what was the big takeaway from the book for y'all? Um, take um, Takeaway? Yeah. Oof. Dogs are loyal. <laughs> Daniel, you Wonderful. never cease to amaze me. God, I love the depth of that yeah. takeaway. What's your takeaway? Um, it's probably gonna be like, don't trust people who are close to you. <laughs> 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 all, but, all right, is that what I sound like? Yeah, I shouldn't be podcasting. It's not. It's what um, I sound like. Vo- voice for print. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I, I thought it was. I thought it was really sweet. I thought the. Um, the ending did hit home with me well about, you know, her having to forgive herself and yes. that, that story of like, you know, like she, I, I, the, I, one of the best parts of the writing I think that I appreciated was that she was running from her, her stuff. She wasn't dealing with it. And so it paralleled how, how much the audience actually got of her backstory yeah. because we were kept in the dark because Anna wasn't ready to open up about Just it like yet. The, we're the stars. No. Okay. Ooh. But you know you, but do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah, like yeah. Anna wasn't ready to deal with that emotion. Right. So so Paul McLean didn't let the authors deal with that emotion, deal with that trauma until the very end. Right. And so uh, wrapping that up to like together almost, I thought was a cool uh you know thing for a reader to to you know be able to say like okay, now now that she's ready to process the trauma is when we actually figure out the trauma right. as opposed to it being explained really early and then you you kind of know her motive the entire time right. or or you know what was Stoking her her fears and everything, um, but yeah, no, that was I, that was what I took away. I liked it a lot, I th- and also I liked the foil between her and Caleb because if you yeah. think about it, her and Caleb both came from very traumatic, uh, oh, yeah. you know, ch- childhoods. Like obviously, and 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 Hector too, you know, and and I I liked the the foil of saying like you're not a product of your circumstances mm-hmm. like you're not you're not necessarily going to be this evil thing because right. of what has happened to you they but then again you paths. have to actively choose that yeah. because you can become this evil thing obviously mm-hmm. you know Caleb Caleb did so yeah so all that being said out of 5 stars what you got does it have to be stars i like their normal I mean, the stars are dark, so you can make up your own rating. It's true. Dark stars. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> that's minus one star, Mario Party. Ooh, that's true. Are we going by Mario Party stars? So how many? It's 40 coins to steal. Yeah, 40 coins to steal from Boo. Depending on the game. 20 <laughs> coins to buy a star. But 20 coins is not equivalent to a star. Star beats any coin amount. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So on that note, uh-huh. I rate this... Four booze out of five. That's good. That sounds like. Oh, that sounds bad. <laughs> Contextual- I didn't think about that. <laughs> Contextualize that because boo is the ghost in Mario Party. That sounds bad. Yeah, it sounds right. like that sounds like four. So four Yoshi's out of five Yoshi's. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm I'm four four out of five stars for me as well. Four out of five stars. Four out of five. Um, Perfect I goes zero. No, I really, really, really liked it. Um. I will say that three point eight seven five. Are you gonna do digits? No, I'm gonna give. I'm gonna do. I was trying to think of something weird. Can I get those digits? I already got go. Mario Party taken care of, so go elsewhere. I give it dibs. Five and a half crickets. 
Oh, dang it. It's already better than mine. Out of six. It's oh. good. Yeah. It's good. That's pretty high. Five and a half crickets out of six. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. That's good. Um, but no, I, yeah, I loved it. That's, that's, a good that's all I have to say about it. Yeah. It was good. I, it, it, honestly, it, cu- it kept me hooked the entire time, and I love seeing it through, yeah. and that's, yeah. Also, it's like... We have to span these books out over the course of a month for Which like so discussion wise. Yeah. But it's a really like you could read this book in like two days. Yeah. Like I, it's a really it'd be quick. Easy, quick read. Yeah. I think I would have almost preferred that in the sense that it was tough for me. Because like, anticipation was constantly building. Right. Like I well the the day after we recorded last is when I read the rest of the book because I was so right, excited right. to get to the end. So yeah. that's I mean that's it's a pretty telling like that I like really enjoyed it. Nice. Author's note. Uh, we love you, Paula. Thank you for your shout outs, your shout support, your, your Instagram repost and Instagram hearts. Um, and also thank you for writing the book because you, you did a good job and, and we loved it and we, we love it. Anna. Please bring her back. Yeah. I, and we, Cricket. We want. Honestly, bring Cricket back. When the stars go bark. Write that. Yes. Um, uh, yeah. So the author's note that I found, this is actually really interesting and it was in the back it, of the book. It's the author's author's I note. I listened to it. It's about her. Paul McLean's author's note in the back of When the Stars Go Dark uh, specifically ties together something that was not tied together in this book, and that is the mystery of Polly Class. The reason she wrote Polly Class in there is because that's actually a true story. Yes, it is. And, and I mean, it's, it's very sad. It's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a tragedy. Um, and the, the interesting thing is she, I mean, it was, a, that. it was, yeah, right. I mean, when we were reading this, I was like, oh, you know, it's just another case. And I thought it was to say like, you know, in their line, like they see cases right. and, you know, sometimes they can right. get confused if like, if it's overlapping and, yeah. it, it, you know, that kind of like, you know, mixed mash, you know, of trying to figure out like what's related and what's not makes yeah. their cases so much harder. Yeah. Uh, but no, so polyclass is, uh, that that's a real case. Uh, from Petaluma, and it was one of the first, like, national cases that really brought, like, America together to try to find her. Uh, And um, it, unfortunately, and this is after the book, they they did find Polly's body, and she, uh, unfortunately, had passed. So that's why Tally mentioned yes. yes Tally does, does mention that's Polly. why she said um, they're not going to find her but and, uh, but she does say but it's going to yeah, right yeah, it's going to yeah. lead to good oh, things oh that's a really cool way to put it in the story right too. so they yes yeah, so so through Tally's uh, you, really you know sensitivity to, to pay tribute right so and, and that that's it. I mean that's essentially what she wanted to do when she when she read about Polly's case and she was writing this book she tied it all in to pay tribute to Polly class because uh, her parents meant to start foundations after that. It helped create the Amber Alert system. Oh, wow. And it helped create the, I mean, it was around the same time of like the FBI database, wow. like criminal database and all that I coming together. That. So like her her case, as tragic as it was, was a good catalyst for prevention of yeah. these type of tragedies and, and helping save other kids. So um, I thought that was really cool. Yeah. And I thought that was a, a cool way awesome. of Paula to incorporate a cool. real tragedy and then write, um, you know, a book and then also leave it with a hopeful note at the end. So yeah. was so all the stuff about like Winona Ryder, is that real? I would imagine so. I did oh, not look cool. into that, but I would I would have I to think so. I didn't know that there was that rallying. I yeah. mean, it made, the way the people that she mentions, it makes like. Yeah. Right. Like it, it, Harrison it makes, Ford was right. big. Yeah. It, 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 would, it would make more sense that that did actually happen. <laughs> it's just not a random cameo. Like I, I mean, it, like within the story, you're like, oh, that's like a cool like. Yeah, you know people who were famous at the time, but yeah, it makes it does right. it makes a lot more sense and is like really cool. 
Um, yes, but that's that's the author's note. So nice. let's bookmark this podcast since we you know we're in between books. Yes, we are. We're Real books. Real books. Let's imagine some pages. Let's put the book on the shelf. Oh, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, we would like to thank. Why are you looking at me? You can thank them. Thank Maddie. Thank Jacob. They're awesome. I'm just saying that's uh, just usually our bit. Is I I you lead, lead me you into yeah. it. Yeah. Well. Okay. Well then let's yeah we'll do that. Uh, thank you Jacob Robinson for the intro and outro to our podcast. As always, it's a bop. Uh, we love that that tune that you made for us. Um, and Maddie Moon, thank you for the lovely cover art for our podcast. And thank you both. Thank you both. Any other shout outs? Thank you, Paul McLean. Paul McLean. You're a great author. And uh, I look forward to reading more of your works. Random shout out. Thanks, uh, Austin Barr, one of my friends who told me he's been listening to the podcast. Oh, and he's been nice. reading the books. Oh, so. thanks, Austin. That's thanks, awesome. Austin. Yeah. Wait, that is huge news. Thanks, Barr. Um, so, yeah. Never cool. forget. The real books, the real mysteries were the ones we solved along the way. Uh, Brett solved us. it. The real mysteries are the mysteries it. that Brett solved along the way. <laughs> the real mystery, yeah, Brett solved the mystery. We we uh, kind of incriminated a very innocent cop. A sheriff. <laughs> poor sheriff. Um, Daniel, how do you feel about that? Suck it, Will. Uh, suck it, Will. <laughs> poor Will.